I'm CJ Williams of Swantown Creative, and I am a busy, busy entrepreneur with multiple businesses, and I'm so glad to be on the Millennial Herd podcast. You are now tuned in to Millennial Herd. what up y'all welcome to another episode of the millennia herd podcast mo money mo outcomes we told y'all all season that we were going to be talking about multiple streams of income so cheryl's we are doing what we said we was going to do. And Cheryl's, again, is still book busy and blessed. So she's joining <laughs> us via Zoom. But our girl is here. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. I miss y'all, of course. Miss you, Can't too. Can't wait to get back to the studio. Right. You got to come back. No more. You got to come back after this, okay? <laughs> yeah. But let's I'll get... be back. I'll be back soon. <laughs> we wanted to definitely get into this topic for the same reasons most of uh, the episodes throughout our season was because the pandemic is crazy still going on and you know it has sparked a lot of entrepreneurship in a lot of millennials so we are trying to give you the tools on how to better yourself um, financially so let's get right into it with our hot topics so I did that for you, Cheryl. But let's jump right into it with a Gorilla Glue Girl. I know everyone has seen the aftermath of Tessica Brown, who put Gorilla Glue on her hair. Mm -hmm. And since then, Sis has been making appearances. She has dropped a clothing line and merch. And she is about this multiple stream of income line. I mean, I feel like... It is a lot of what people won't admit, like, about her hustle, like, how she went about it. So, I mean, what do you think? You think you could do that? You could basically lose all your hair if it meant you could get 20K in donations and use it for whatever you want? I don't, I honestly, genuinely think that she didn't, she didn't expect this outcome to happen. She was really just made a dumb decision and it. (laughs) But you know, millionaires like her, make her, dumb um, decisions every day and they wound up getting rich off of it. So. Listen, it turned into a blessing for her because since then she's just been, you know, on a whole world tour during the pandemic. But shout out to her, I guess, for the simple fact that she did get money that was unexpected, you know. Um, and and I mean, that's being deciphered to how she's spending it. You know, there's a lot of reports out there saying that she donated it to her plastic surgeon who... Uh, his nonprofit, the one who uh, performed her surgery in LA. But um, I mean, who's to really say how much, I mean, they said it would be the full 20 K, but we'll see. It is not her money. So at the end of the day, it's not like she's in the hole or it was a lot of investment in that money. That was from hardworking taxpayers like yourself and my, like in me who, who helped her from the kindness of our heart for doing something dumb. But we wanted yeah. to make sure y'all knew she is definitely on our list of people who are entrepreneurs or hustlers because she got 20K out of nowhere just for losing her own hair. 
So <laughs> I wish she didn't even lose thanks to that that surgeon, but for making a dumb decision. <laughs> so <laughs> she, she is paid now. But so what are we talking on, about next? Yeah, I was going to talk about some great uplifting uh, things that I saw, which was like um, Jennifer Hudson. She teamed up with MasterCard um, in the Fearless Fund Initiative to do a black woman owned business uh tour where she's uh, highlighting a bunch of small business uh, women, women who own small businesses. And I think it's a great initiative to uh, continue to fund, help fund their businesses, give them the capital that they need to uh, be strong and have a long, long lasting companies. And I just think that that is so on brand with multiple streams of income in building what we have in the entrepreneurship and just giving back into our black communities. So definitely shout out to her. And there's been other celebrities too, that um, I know you could give some examples, but I've always appreciated celebrities like Master P who originally started with rapping and since then has, ex since then has expanded his businesses to making pancakes, to, opening up affordable housing he just continues to you know have more money and more outcomes yeah um other celebrities I mean all of them like really every week it's this has been the the largest generation of celebrities that opt in owning multiple things for the for the same reason of what we talk about all the time generational wealth they don't want to be one hit one. If they're going to be one hit wonders, they want to at least still have some money coming in. So, like, for example, everybody in a mama has a tequila brand. The Rock, um, Kendall Young Jenner. <laughs> like a lot of people. Uh, Nick Jonas, like, just in tequila alone. Then you got all of the uh, perfume and the cosmetics. Like, what? Um, I just heard about Jada Pinkett Smith coming out with a natural uh, personal care line um for target taraji has yeah. one um tracy ellis ross i mean and these are obviously celebrities but even with the the smaller uh, uh personalities who are doing brands and ambassadorship with like pretty little thing or re fashion retailers or sassy or, um, or savage fenty yeah yeah by rihanna it's like the whole premise is that, you know, one source is not enough because you don't know if it could ever dry up. For example, when what was the story that came out that Rihanna had um, closed down one of her businesses because she couldn't get the natural uh, fabrics for it, um, how she would normally she would handpick them. She would be very invested in person. She couldn't. But then her other business, obviously, i.e. Savage Fenty, took off and soared since she closed down that first one. So it's all about if one door closes, another one opens. Drop that sound effect. <laughs> Message. Okay, I had to get them all in because they all are popping. But let's transition to um, why... With all of those celebrities we talked about, even Gorilla Girl throwing her in there, you know she was she was trapped in a bad situation, but she turned it into something. Um, why why would that happen? I believe that that would happen because of something that I feel like is more common than not 
the lack of income, right? Like if you need more money, the key is to get more. But let's figure out why. So I'm going to run through this real fast, but it's important to know. The the Census Bureau last reported that the median household income is about $68,000. And even on Indeed, the average salary for entry-level positions in the United States is an average of $40,000 a year. And this is, this that's just the base. It could go as low as $26,000. It could go as high as fifty six, depending on where you live. And so with that being, I'm going to continue on minimum wage because that's being debated currently. Uh, but right now, the Borough of Labor Statistics said that uh, the minimum federal minimum wage is $7.25 per hour. Now, if you were to work full time at in, in salary position at this rate, you would make no more than $15,000 a year. And, and But that's with the poverty line in the Department of Health registering at $12,000 a year. So let's break it down here. <laughs> Your entry, everything is below what it needs to be is essentially like, let's just map that out all together that you're basically deemed poor or deemed below the poverty line you're making 725 an hour if you're doing minimum wage you your entry level if you were to fresh out of college for our younger millennial gen zers out there you may make 26,000 i mean it's it's just uh terrible and if you want to really kind of breathe again you'd need to make 70 at least seventy thousand dollars altogether now with the democrats um um in our biden administration trying to figure out whether they're going to enhance the uh minimum wage to 15 republicans they are not really about that no sure you could chime in on that they're not really trying to hear that but for the facts of it they're really pushing more towards ten dollars an hour and let's do that math if you did ten dollars an hour working 40 hours a week 52 weeks a year that means no vacations at all you're still only earning twenty thousand dollars a year and that's before taxes and And if, for example, we did follow the Republicans plan or assumption that $10 is fine, that still wouldn't even take into effect until about 2025. So it's just the wishy-washiness of it all. We cannot, we literally cannot afford to live. And and just to really add the put the knife in your back and twist it for the listeners in listening here <laughs> for the fact that it's oh like, my oh, my God, it's tragic. There was a Republican uh, South Dakota senator. His name is John Thune. He said that when he, he back in his day in 1978, he had only made six dollars an hour. Now, when you do inflation for that from 1978 to now, that would e- Uh, be equivocal to $24 an hour. So uh, anybody making $24 an hour working 40 hours a week, again, 52 weeks in a year, no vacations, you're still only earning $50,000 in the year before taxes. And I just said the medium household income is $70,000. So I don't know. That's a lot of information, but that is important because that is why I feel like a real tangible reason as to why we are so we weigh so heavily on gaining more income, becoming entrepreneurs. 
what would you say, um, Cheryl, to that information? If you think that the wage increase to 15, would you agree with the GOP's claim that it would negatively impact more side hustlers and business owners? Because I forgot to mention, that is exactly another thing that was being said, that um, the reason why they wanted $10 as opposed to 15 is because if they did do 15, it would harm more businesses and the no, people who were working. I don't. I don't agree. I am with the I am with them um $15 for minimum wage cuz like you said people can't even afford to live and and it's it's not just single people. Just imagine people with multiple children and and multiple family members or people taking care of parents. Like they can barely survive to live. So I I I get that it would harm business owners but you know me, I'm always advocating for the poor. And I just want to see better. And even to that point, um, too, I think... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, even to that point, too, I think that, like you said, it it may very well harm business owners, but I think it's also some kind of, you know, just a caked-up story to say that you want to keep the workers poor but barely open. Because if you are saying, okay, let's just give you 10... $10 $10 an hour to keep you open. It's like, but those people are barely, barely getting by. So it's almost like we, you're trying to, they're trying to pick the lesser of two evils, but it's, it all just seems like until, you know, you're funneling a lot of money through these companies with, who are backed by a lot of financial institutions. So of course you will want to keep those businesses afloat, but that is not enough. And so I just say all that to say that that, is definitely a reason why I feel like we are the generation that's really looking for more jobs and more money. So let's um, switch gears and add more to this plate. Talking about another reason why (laughs) we think that millennials are out here trying to get more money. And that is because of, Cheryl, you can attest to this too. (laughs) Why? You are finishing your last year of... Grad school. (laughs) (laughs) Like, and it feels like forever, but I'm sure it does if I feel like that and I'm not even there. But essentially, um, just more facts on that today's time, one in three of Americans who have earned have earned a bachelor's degree. And that has since brought significant devalue, um, has devalued the significance of earning a degree compared to the 1940s. So with that now, obviously you're thinking, okay, if I get me a master's degree in something, that'll put me ahead of the curve. And um, the number of graduates have tripled uh, and 27% of employers now require master's degrees for roles that undergraduate degrees would have normally uh, been, uh, have sufficed. And even with that though, I've, I believe the reason why we think that grad school or those type of continued uh, educational uh, purposes are useful is because there is a 25% increase in earnings for those people who achieve those uh, finished those type of programs, um, which is a very good uh, curve to 60 to 150%. So I get that there might be some extra loans or, you know, a lot of things uh, that you have to borrow against, but it does have some benefit. So for yeah, those people- but it's a lot of negatives too. Because <laughs> What's the negative? like you said, um, before getting a bachelor's degree, you would be okay with getting a bachelor's degree. And then 
now it's like you got to get a master's degree but once you're done your master's degree they're looking for people with experience so we can only just imagine for the future like these jobs are going to require even higher degrees like a doctoral degree yeah I I completely I think that's on brand but that's why I think it's going to be the teeter-totter between okay unless you're trying to do a maximum amount of years in school then the other alternative it seems is what we're we're talking about and what we're going to continue to talk about is the multiple streams of income for this black business of the week we are giving a personal shout out to Hart Wilson he's an 11 year old boy from Pearland Texas who is looking to fund his education for Howard University so if you would like to support him in his aid to better himself make sure you check out his candle brand that he is selling to fund called Candles from the Heart on Etsy and make sure that you share with the Millennial Herb podcast what you felt about his products so with that, we uh, want to find out what type of what what type of entrepreneur you would be. Um, what would you say, Cheryl's? What type of uh, Vinsky, we did the quiz? Wait, Vinsky got a cue oh, music. Vinsky, cue the music. <laughs> <laughs> right, because so, we need to uh, hear we this. We took this. We took this quiz, and for my results, I got you are a service based entrepreneur. From the moment you wanted to start an online business, you knew it was your skills that will get you there. You've gained your skills from hustling hard in the years, and um, with hustling hard in the years before going online, and appreciate the fact that you know what most people don't. You are an, an expert and love helping others. Okay. Yeah. I I I got the same one, so I don't even. Okay. Um, and, and that's why we're business partners. <laughs> Definitely, I thought it's a very uh, Bisky. You could um, you could go, you could lower it down. Um, but definitely, I think it's when it talks about what type of entrepreneur you are. Here are the other ones that come about. There is you are a digital product hustler. So I mean, say hello to all things digital. You want to go big. You want to go online. You want to do eBooks. You want to do courses. You want to create, you know, um, different workshops virtually. You want to uh, learn the entire process of creating, of bringing everything from brainstorm to implementation. Or you could be an affiliate income whiz, meaning deep down. You know deep down that strategy is the way you're going to make it as an online business owner. You prefer to produce high quality content um, than deal with clients. Um, You'd rather spend time creating resources and inspire and convert into a monthly reoccurring revenue. So something like, I guess, a monthly service or something that people could look forward to. Um, Yeah, and you like to uh, go big with strategic efforts and plan out affiliate partnerships so those are the three affiliate income with digital product hustler or service-based entrepreneur Cheryl's and I we are service-based because we just feel like we can make an impact in the world creatively uh creatively so I think it's I think that is one of the best starters to figuring out how you will go how you can best go about building those multiple streams is by figuring out where your strong suits is and how you can turn that into something that can build revenue. 
Since today's episode, we're talking about Mo Money Mo Outcomes, it would not do us any justice without having someone who's skilled in the game. So let's welcome our next guest, who is Miss CJ Williams. I'm just read from her bio because it is dope. She is the host and creator of Sorry to Hear That podcast. She is definitely a millennial, a type A, multi Potnate, avid, avid reader, writer, and traveler. She runs multiple businesses with her partner and she loves to give herself a yearly baking challenge. She's the owner of Swan Town Creative, a consulting and coaching business. She focuses on small business owners like us and creatives who need a little push to create the business of their dreams that has systems that make of great context. So let's welcome CJ. Hey, CJ. Hey, thanks so much for having me. We're so happy to have you. Hey, CJ. Hey, what's up, girl? Hey, girl. So (laughs) let's definitely get right into it because we have her for a short amount of time and she has all these gems, but she's book busy and blessed. So, CJ, what would you say is the reason why many may think that starting a business during the pandemic is the best time? To be honest, it's all about being the opportunity to just have open time, right? So you're working from home if you have sort of a corporate job or you're if you're working out in the community, you're not doing, it's your your responsibilities are just generally a lot less. So why not uh, go and expand your business? Actually for me, Swantown Creative has expanded a lot during this pandemic. I've had a whole year to dream up possibilities, to network with others, even though it's all online. Well, that's amazing. So, so how long has your business been running? Just recently, or Swanton Creative has been around for about six to eight months, um, but it's been in my head for about two years. <laughs> okay, and so with that though, let's get to the burning question of how and how do you decide what avenue to go to 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 then build multiple streams of outcome, uh, multiple streams of income. Yeah, I think it's all about capitalizing on the things that you know. So what do you know that could be monetized? So I'm working with a coaching client right now and she's like, how do I find the thing that I want to do for the rest of my life? And I was like, you don't. (laughs) What are your best skills that make the most sense to you right at this moment? And so she's like, I want to do an event planning. I want, it makes sense. I love being creative. I like doing the organization. And I'm like, of course, like let's monetize that. In the same way, I'm, people love my voice. People like to hear me talk about systems. That is, my, that is my superpower. People like to hear me talk about organization and being ready for, I always had an advisor in college that used to say, stay ready so you don't have to get ready. Mm-hmm. So as a business owner, I keep that in mind. So, and, oh, go ahead. And I- sorry, but to not interrupt, but it just, and Swantown Creative is not the only business that I am running, right? That's so what I was just about to ask and, you. <laughs> <laughs> my partner and I have two other very, very busy companies. Actually, here in the pandemic, uh, I have tripled one of my businesses. Congratulations. So, Con- yeah, congrats it's awesome. on that. That's, that's yeah. huge. Um, I want to switch gears. So um, I know that you have a history of working a nine to five and being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And you know, in the age for millennials, social media has these crazy expectations. So I wanted to know um, that social media has painted a picture that being an entrepreneur equates to success. Are there struggles with being your own boss? Of course there are. 
I mean, the reality is, is you want to procrastinate that you don't want to do, that there's things that you don't know how to do. There's things that you have analysis paralysis. It probably was my biggest problem. I still have that biggest problem. Finishing, right? There's Mm, no deadline. So you have to create your own arbitrary stuff. So I think, yeah, being your own boss is what everybody dreams to be, but it is tough. And when you say tough, because that brings me to the flow of questions, what do you have to be okay with sacrificing in order to reach that optimum wealth? (laughs) Sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Sleep Sleep is for the week. But um, probably the biggest thing is knowing when to stop, right? So very much close to sleep is for the week, but definitely knowing when to stop. And giving yourself time to rejuvenate and take the time out that you need for yourself. Because now your to-do list is endless. Uh, My to-do list right now is two pages and growing. And I have little notes to myself everywhere. My house is full of things. My Mm -hmm. office is full of things of my my next things to do. So when do you want to shut down? When do you start? When do you schedule those meetings? Those are when do you work where you're no distractions? Those are all questions you have to ask yourself and keeping those forever in your head. So So I wanted to switch gears because I don't know if you've seen on Twitter, there's been this thing about LLC, LLC Twitter, and it's been training. It's been, there's been something about LLC Twitter and it's been trending So I wanted to know if someone isn't tapping into starting a business during the pandemic, should they be faulted? No, of course not. Yeah, you do your own thing. Uh, The way in which you manage COVID and like how that works for you, you can do it any way that you want. So starting a business was one of mine. Expanding my business was one of mine. But realities are if you need to relax, relax. What does a schedule, a weekly schedule for a person on the track like yourself to really, what's that schedule like as far as a balance between work and life? Sure. So my goal every day is to stop working by 7 p.m. Um, that's what time that's do you my start? time. Anywhere <laughs> from 7 a.m. to 9. Okay. In general, so it sort of depends on, yeah. So 7 to 7 is pretty much my, like my go-to. Uh, I'm an early riser or like my brain starts working really early and then I just sort of knock it out. So I schedule most of my meetings early in the morning and then all of my like work stuff is usually in the afternoons because I have multiple businesses. I tend to theme my days. So Mondays for me are big admin days, Tuesdays and Wednesdays. I start um, breaking down into whatever my, whichever company that needs like the most biggest priority at the time. And then from there I can start factoring in, okay, so what are some bigger projects that I need to eat the apple or eat the elephant one one bite at a time? Wow. Okay. I, that You've given tips on how we could better our business for sure. I, sometimes I feel like, like you said, the to-do list gets longer and we're like, what gets done first is more so right now. I feel like transparently we're like, okay, whatever's due right now, we need to tackle <laughs> that. That's in front yeah, of us, yeah. but it's probably it the number one priority. Right. But that's probably not good for our, you know, longevity of it all. It's like, you got to map it out. You got to um, make that time. Even uh, I, I think I'm learning that route uh, a lot, but uh, circling back to your, uh, thought process with your client you mentioned about how you uh was she was telling you the things that she was good at in order for you to tell her okay this might be for you this might you know be your strong suit 
if for our, our listeners and our watchers, what would you say are some questions or, you know, those hard skills that they should assess in order to figure out what might be for them? Yeah. So I started with, and this is a part of my own framework for whenever I'm working with a client. I love big pieces of paper or poster paper, but you can put it on whatever you want. I am definitely a pen and paper gal, but take, take two weeks. And any time that you see something that floats your boat, that's interesting to you, that you want to explore, what I tell my clients all the time is if you take this little bit of time and say like, I want to learn how to, I want to learn how to do glass blowing. I want to learn how to roller skate. I want to know how to whatever perfume make, whatever that might be. All of those things go and give you a hint about what kind of business you're trying to build. And so there's a lot of themes about the things that you are interested in, right? So when you write down this list, being able to be like, okay, so when I pull back at this list, right, my list personally is about 60, about 60 items long. When I pull back, I realize that my theme for all the things that I'm interested in doing are all about like rest and relaxation, but also freedom, right? So I want to skydive, but I love smells. And so I want to perfume. So like being that is probably one of the places that I start because no one really knows, like, how do I build a business of my dreams? And so that's a good for, for me, that's a good place to start. And then we start diving a little deeper into like, okay, so what do you like about this? What is it that like really strikes your fancy? Like what really makes sense to you? and how much you want to do that. And then we actually go into, okay, so then we say, all right, these are actually skills that I already have. So what makes, like, how does that actually factor into what I want to do? For our people who work a nine to five, what, other than the, okay, you pay your rent and then you is it still that, that you pay your rent and with the nine to five and then you do, you know, from five to 11, the side hustle? What is a, what are, what is the advice for those people who are still in that situation looking to become full-time entrepreneurs? So the reality is, is it doesn't matter if you're a full-time entrepreneur or if you're working a nine to five as well. I've done all of them. One big thing is like prioritizing your work is going to be even more important as a corporate worker. And the big thing is do those activities that generate the the money for you, because that's the only way that you're going to actually transition at all. I worked nine to five and had multiple businesses for three years. So I wasn't playing. (laughs) But what that what that meant is I became very strategic about the positions that I took. I was very particular about what I was going to be doing. And I got, I got much better at managing my time as a corporate worker. So it's pretty frequent that I bought in a laptop that was my personal and was working on my computer. So then it's like, I need to close a door for a meeting. It was possible because I had already knocked in for me. And it was more important to be super productive at work because that's my main bread and butter. Right. I would go, I would do all the things that I needed to do, usually in about four to five hours, and then switch over to my laptop and bounce out whatever email connection, whatever that might be books, right? Do your, do your balance, your budgets, and then pop back into my corporate job and still knock out those last little emails or, you know, do those last little meetings. Being productive with your time is 900% of the issue. Thank you for that. You hear that listeners being productive with your time is the issue. So I guess to conclude, I want to personally ask you, how do you define success? 
Um, I have one word, it's freedom. So for me, I am working really hard and trying a lot of new things and learning a lot of new things, let's be honest. And my thing is the definition of success for me is being free. Well, thank you so much for thank taking the time so to speak with us. If you have, um, please uh, tell our listeners and our watchers, you know, what you have in store, whether that's, you know, some merchandise or, uh, you know, uh, another client workshop or something that we can look forward to from you. And tell, yeah, them, so... tell them where you're from. Hotlanta. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's where you live. <laughs> well, that's where I live. I just got here. And of course, I've only been around for a little over a year, which is mostly COVID. Um, so yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can find me at Swantown Creative on IG. As I said, I am actually just starting out. But if you're looking for me in any other place, I am in underscore Atlantis Film. That's a production company. I also have a rental company, Busy Busy. But yeah, I'm around my podcast. Sorry to hear that. You can find me everywhere. Um, I'm actually really excited to be launching one of my first workshops. So if you're in the Atlanta area, definitely drop me an email, swantowncreative at gmail. I'm really excited about that for yes. new business owners. And if you hit Question. CJ up, make sure you put in the subject line, TMP sent you. She might actually right. put your email ahead of others. <laughs> Question, will your, um, will your workshop be virtual too for the people who don't live in Atlanta? I will do a virtual workshop, but for right now, this is my beta test. So okay. um, yeah, so I'm doing a very small this is very limited spaces. We're doing like seven people and you're going to get my full attention for about 48 hours where wow. if you haven't gotten your business ready, then you will walk away with a business, a plan, written materials. We ain't playing. Okay. So if you're ready to work, we're ready to work. Okay. So I'm giving you all of my knowledge and all of the attention. So ask the questions and you're going to have five other beauties just doing their own thing. So yeah, and it'll be it will be COVID friendly. So we're everybody's getting tested. Everybody's going to be social distancing. We're not playing, but yeah. So we're starting in Atlanta, but I will soon expand it. So definitely, we'll make sure to give all, give you all the information on how to follow CJ for more information. Thank you so much, and she will always be a friend of TMP. So I just want to personally thank CJ Williams for stopping by, and of course, dropping all the gems. So to conclude, I just personally wanted to say, no matter the choice, focus on playing smart. And the smart criteria means being specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and timely deadlines like we spoke about earlier. Uh, I agree with you, Cheryl. Um, I think if you do use those, that criteria, it would help you really decipher where you can be your best uh, entrepreneur what you what you can really add to it and how you can get the best outcome that you're looking for um we want to thank everyone who uh has listened to us today who has watched us we didn't get to do that all season so we wanted to take the moment to do that now um and by that continue to support us by our patreon it's uh in the prompt that you saw um at the bottom of our screen uh continue to follow us um on our website our social media for updates if you would like to be a guest on our show we are open for that as well and we just want to continue to give you the gems that you need to be holistically successful because that is what the Millennial Herb Podcast aims to do. So make sure that you join us next time. See you soon.